Hi there, and welcome to the Birth Story Therapist Podcast, a safe space for mamas and parents to share their birth stories, discuss common issues experienced with parenting, feel heard and validated, engage in discussion about the complexity of their motherhood journey, and how they manage their mental health while doing so. Come here every week to hear from other mamas who are just like you. Figuring it out one day at a time. Here from myself, Crystal, a licensed therapist and private practice owner of Southeast Perinatal Counseling that specializes in maternal mental health. I'll share helpful techniques to manage your mental health as you navigate motherhood, both in the perinatal and postpartum period, work through grief and trauma experiences, and most of all, ways to regain your sense of self. This is also the opportunity to hear from other professionals, both in the mental health space, birthing, and motherhood world. Professionals like lactation consultants, doulas, homeschooling experts, and organization specialists, just to name a few. While I like to think that this budding podcast is an extension of myself and practice, this is also yours. This podcast is for exploration, acceptance, and self-compassion. I welcome you and hope you'll join me every Monday for a new episode. For now, follow me on Instagram at birthstory.therapist or connect with me at southeastperinatalcounseling.com. It's important for me to say that this podcast does not replace the connection that is recommended with a licensed professional. If you are experiencing a life-threatening emergency, please call 911 or go to your local emergency room. I am so excited, y'all. Today we have on another one of our mamas, and she has a story that um, dates back to, I guess, uh, her college days with her college sweetheart. So I love these types of stories because we get to see um, you know, the the progress of the relationship and their sweet baby. And so I'll let her introduce herself. But first, um, I just want to welcome you to this safe space. And um, it is an honor and a privilege for me to be able to um, hold this type of uh, platform and uh, be within this hour with you. Um, I hope that you know that Uh, Your story is important and it will fall on the ears of mamas who um, are also just trying to navigate motherhood and find their footing. And it'll also inspire myself. I know that there are gems throughout your story that I can learn from and pick up as well. And so I welcome you and extend throughout this time that we're together support, empathy, and complete just just grace as you share your story with us. So tell us, who are you? What is it that you do? Is there something interesting that we should know in order to get to know you within this hour? Share with us. Well, my name is Julissa. Um, I am currently a little shy of four months, four years, excuse me, of being married to, like you mentioned before, a guy from college that I feel deeply in love with. Um, We have a 15-month-old now, and my husband has a daughter who is six um, as well. Uh, I currently am a a business consultant for a company. I work remote, um, and I'm trying to get the hang of this wifey and mother thing (laughs) the best way I know how. Um, so a little bit about my backstory. I met my husband um, in undergrad. He is three years older than I am. So that was a kind of, eh, eh, eh. um, fast forward to about four years later, he comes back around. Uh, we are just friends and, you know, he's going through life events. And so am I, I'm actually going on dates and asking him like, Oh, what do you think about this guy? And what do you think about that guy? And, um, 2015, um, we made it official. His daughter was 
mm, just shy of one uh, at the time. So I was introduced to her very early. Um, loved when she was around because it was like, okay, this is awesome. I can learn how to be a mom, which I was wanting to do and be. Um, so I got a lot of experience with her. And then also, you know, growing up with little cousins and I have a younger sister, but nothing like a kid with the guy that you, you know, can see yourself with. Um, we got married in 2017. And then from there with my husband's job, we moved several times. Um, I was able to, you know, be a bonus mom to my, uh, bonus daughter, stepdaughter. And I wanted that relationship to be organic and natural, uh, which it has, um, for the most part, you know, we do have bumps along the road. I'm just praying that it will continue to get better and be better. Um, 2019, I'm currently in Charleston, South Carolina. So in 2019, uh, found out I was pregnant a little bit sooner than I anticipated. Uh, we were shooting for <laughs> summer of 2019. However, we got pregnant right around this time, um, 2019. And it, it was surprising because I had my birth control taken out October 2018 and like to the day my son was born a year later. Um, pregnancy for me was hmm, <laughs> not what they painted out to be. It was, uh, excuse my language, hell. I, every day it was something different. I was either crying. I was either throwing up. I was either like, can't eat, can't, I, you know, I lost weight in my first trimester. I was hospitalized. Um, I can't think of the name of the the diagnosis that the doctor told me, but abbreviated HG, I um, suffered from that my first, well, no, throughout my pregnancy. Um, so the pregnancy milestones were really big to me because it was like, okay, I'm one step closer to meeting my baby. I'm one step closer. I'm doing this, you know, all at the end to meet this precious little bundle of joy. So um, fast forward to my 39 week checkup. My doctor tells me that she's concerned about um, my glucose level uh, was really high, like borderline diabetic. So, you know, she wanted to induce me in, you know, thinking of the baby. Uh, I have a gynecologist. She is also African-American. And I felt like that made a world of difference um, throughout my pregnancy. Uh, she was very informative. She, I asked a lot of questions. She was able to answer. She cared about me. Um, she cared more about me than I, I actually cared about myself, which was really, you know, helpful. Um, so she was, you know, set up a plan. She asked if she could record my last doctor's appointment because she was not on call, um, when she was going to be inducing me. Um, I was able to meet the doctor who was going to be on call when I was being induced. And she, you know, she just made me feel comfortable about this whole what's to come. Um, she told me a few weeks before, hey, you're going to probably lose a lot of blood. So these are the foods I want you to be eating to help, you know, out, offset like your iron levels. Um, so I was, you know, following what she said, doing what she said. And um, Monday, October 28th, uh, I was induced at five o'clock p.m., um, and I wanted to be, you know, I had a, a whole birthing plan. Like I wanted to be natural as possible. I didn't, you know, if push come to shove. If it had to go to a C-section, that's totally fine. But I was going to try my best to do a vaginal birth. Um, you know, I, you know, I wanted my husband to be in the room. I didn't, I wanted nice nurses. I like, I had the whole like spelled out. I'm so thankful that I was surrounded by good people. Um, the nurse that, you know, I got to the hospital. She was basically, you know, Hey, we're here from you. She was a traveling nurse. <laughs> so she was, you know, travel from the town that I was from. Like, what is the coincidence? Like I'm from a small town, in North Carolina, and here you are from a town that, so I just knew like God was with me, uh, through that, through her during this time. Um, my mom was able to make it down. They, um, Help me with some medicine to help me dilate because I was not moving the way they wanted me to, which was totally fine. Um, Tuesday night. No. Yeah. Tuesday night, they went to check my sugars and they were really low. 
So at this point, they're like shoving everything down my throat, trying to get my sugars back up uh, because they did not want me to deliver with low sugars. And I mean, the baby uh, would be at risk and all the you know worries that come with that. So they were able to get my sugars elevated and, you know, maintained. So around Wednesday morning, around 1.15, one of my nurses came in and she checked me and she was like, I think it's time to push. So she went and got the doctor and um, yeah, I pushed from 1.15 to 3.05 and I developed uh, infection um, during delivery in my uterus. Um, not really sure from what, but my mom thinks from being open uh, for so long and just, you know, having to go through the natural process. Um, I did get receive an epidural because I was, I chickened out the last night. I was like, I'm just afraid and I'm going to feel too much. So I did get an epidural. That kicked in, worked fine. Um, so 3.05 Wednesday, October 30th, my son was born eight pounds, one ounce, and he came out with the lungs on him. I mean, just loud. With, and my heart was like, yes, I did it. I, you know, looking at my husband, you know, tears are flowing and my mom's there. It's just, just a joyous occasion. And um, I, I, I just, I, in awe pretty much because it's this unreal moment just holding what you've been growing inside of you was just like breathtaking um they did have to monitor me and him uh check our sugars be for the first 24 hours to make sure that we were not diabetics and thank god we were not um Wednesday he was born, I had to fight my infection until Friday, November the 1st, which was actually my due date. Um, and then they were able to, I was able to go home with my son and, um, I tried to breastfeed in the hospital. We went, we did that well. However, I just didn't feel comfortable with being on so many medications because of my, uh, infection that I developed in my uterus. They were trying to uh, medicate and clear up before I was able to go home. So I did decide to breastfeed at first and then I switched to formula. I was back and forth because of the medication that they had me on. I was constantly on an IV and I had to take pills throughout the day to help fight the infection. Um, my infection, I had some blood work done, done and it was gone. So they were able to send me home with my son. And once I got home, I was back to breastfeeding. Um, he was a he was a eater. He um I was a A cup prior to getting pregnant and I went to a B cup and it's I feel like that was not enough. So I went to um a lactation consultant to help, you know, show me the ropes of how to get this done, how to, you know, make the best. Uh, about three weeks in, I said, you know what, this is more stressful than I can take on. So I went strictly formula and I don't regret it. Um, because I knew that I was lacking for my baby who actually needed it. Um, so I, it, it, it was, it sucked that I wasn't able to, cause I really wanted to. However, I knew that, you know, the three weeks that we had together and that he will be getting what he needed cause he wasn't getting enough from me. <laughs> um, so yeah, fast forward to now, uh, the first year was mostly spent in quarantine COVID, so thankful for that. Uh, that's the silver lining in all of this COVID and quarantine. I was able to keep my son home with me. I had a four-month maternity leave with my job. So after those four months is up, I was like, okay, uh, we're still in quarantine. This is perfect. Uh, my husband was home with me, so he had daddy daycare going <laughs> full time um, until the this past fall. So Around 10 months, going on 11 months, we decided to put my son in childcare. Um, and I had interviewed different directors to see what would be a good fit. I finally found the right fit for us. And my son, you know, has been in great hands. I, I get updated pictures. I get what he eat. I get a monthly calendar. I circle what, you know, he can't have or what he can't have. Um, at the end of every month, I get a folder. So that is very 
satisfying as a mother that's working. And sometimes I do have mom guilt where I'm like, okay, I'm working too much. I need to spend time with my baby. Um, so days like that, I, I, I take a half a day. I'm like, Hey, um, I need to go spend, you know, I'm feeling like this. Let me go spend some time with my son, whether it's just coming back here and, you know, playing in the living room or, you know, going to Target and granted he doesn't know anything about Target, but just him being with me and something that, you know, pertaining probably in the baby section, looking at stuff for him. So it's, I see now how my life has totally changed for, changed for the better. I know how women say, well, um, I don't know what I'll do without my kids. And I, I, I totally get it. I totally see it because now I'm just like, this is a different type of love. Um, and that little guy doesn't even know how much, he means to me, but he is my world uh, ever since he came into this world. He has been my world. So I hope that helps a little bit about my birthday story. I can go into detail about anything else, but that's pretty much it. Yeah, no, I I love the fact that you sort of just jumped in there and like <laughs> gave us so much. Um, I really felt like when you were sharing that, like I was walking along the way with you <laughs> at every stage. And so I have so many questions, actually. Okay. Um, so my, I guess my first question is, you know, throughout your initial experiences of being a bonus mom, uh-huh. how do you think that prepared you for birthing your bio baby, your sweet baby Max into the world? How do you think it prepared you for motherhood? It 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 set my head on straight because I know when I when we had my bonus daughter, my due to my husband's job, he's a coach. Um she's with me 24/7 more so than him because, you know, the way the job works. So me taking her to games, me doing her hair, me, you know, fixing food, fixing meals. Um, just because it's his biological child, she is my child too. So I'm hands-on just as much. So when Max came, it was like, I've been around the block a few times and I, <laughs> I think I got a little hang of this. Um, so yeah, the changing of diapers. I remember when, um, uh, my husband's our uh, daughter was with us. We used to fight. Who's taking her to the bathroom? Mm-mm, this your turn. Mm-mm, this your turn. So, like, we was. I mean, both equally involved, and now we're get it. Get we're doing it again. Um, so the games. I'm taking my son to my husband's games, um, and he, you know, had the snacks ready. I got you know, gotta have the the potty seat ready. I gotta have it all. So with my bonus daughter, I was learning firsthand and now this go around I feel like I'm a little ex- experienced I have I know what to expect <laughs> and I know I'm um prepared more this time around too yeah thank you so much for sharing you know with you having that experience of already having um an opportunity to essentially raise you know another another little person um yes. I can see how uh, it has prepared you, not just with your mind, but just like, you know, just the little things like mm-hmm. the daily routines that we don't necessarily think about. I heard you mention like uh, carrying around the potty or whatever, <laughs> like, and it's, I laugh because uh, like, you just don't think about those things mm-hmm. until yeah. you, you know, until you like actually have a child to like actually have to remember, okay, I need to bring the potty with me when we go yeah. out in public so they can use the bathroom in the car and on the potty before we go inside. So yeah. that's and such she, an interesting. And she was such a drummer folk. So it made it, I am too. So it made it easy. I'm like, yes, that's my girl. Like, it's like, yo, I'm not touching that. Perfect. Come on, me neither. So, <laughs> so it made it. Like, okay, yes, we can do this. We got like, it was, it was great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Now with that experience coupled with, you know, your own upbringing and your family dynamics, what do you think are some things that, you know, that you took from maybe prior experiences again with your bonus daughter or growing up um, with your parents and and, um, your family what do you think that you took from those experiences that you knew? Okay, 
this is something that I want to exist within my motherhood, within, you know, our family. So your spouse and your little one, what were those things for you? I don't, I don't think we have enough time. Um, <laughs> there, I feel like there are so many, my mom, again, she has OCD and she, the germ thing. So I used to complain about the vacuum and why we got to do it this way and this and that, that, that. And she's a stickler for time. So if something starts at one o'clock, we're there at 1225. I'm like, why? Um, so now <laughs> time management is everything, you know, the way, you know, Hey, you know, you can't plan everything, but to the best of your ability, um, prioritizing the night before she was really big on that carried over to now me being a mom, like my son goes to daycare, his clothes are out the night before the bags are packed and the bottle, you know, the bottle is filled, the water cup is filled, like everything is ready to go. So in the morning, boop, 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 let's go out the door. Um, we were really big, um, Christian based home. So, you know, I pray with my son every night, read the Bible um, to him um, and little books to him on, you know, toddler level. Um, So those are some of the things I want to carry into motherhood. And then also my mom was really strict, really strict. Like I had a curfew. I had to, you know, answer the phone when she called. I couldn't go over certain people's house. And now I get it. I, I see after having, you know, a child and, and having another child in my care that that's your job is to protect them. So if you don't feel comfortable about something, if you don't, you know, you know, you want to be that person. So now I see my mom, she, oh, she just, she just being mean. And no, like I get it now. Like (laughs) I totally get it. Uh, My son has only been away from me two nights. uh, And, and it was with my mom, my husband and I got away for a weekend. And other than that, I've had my son every night. I told my husband as he gets older, I'm going to need help with trying to, you know, balance because I know he's going to want to be able to do things and stuff. And I'm going to be like, mm-mm, I'll take you. Mm-mm, I'll go. Like, <laughs> so I can foresee me being like that just because how my mom was with me and my sister. Um, and then also with, you know, my sister, she's two years younger than I am. We've become more closer now than we were growing up because of our kids. She has, my nephew is three. And um, so our sons play together. We can talk about motherhood together. So I feel like our sisterhood has grown from, you know, being in the same household. We have the same mom and same dad, yet they were divorced, but we still function as a family. And even to this day, when my mom comes to visit, my dad is not far behind or they're coming together. So I'm really big on family. Um, we have traditions that we started in my childhood, a opening Christmas gifts at midnight on Christmas Eve, having breakfast and then going to bed versus waking up Christmas Day and opening your gifts. Um, matching pajamas. We did that as a as kids growing up. So those are some of the things I have already introduced my bonus daughter and my son to um in my marriage. And I've told my husband, Hey, there are going to be more. (laughs) Um, so he's open to it and I think he actually enjoys it. So I'm, I'm, I'm really thankful for my mom and my dad in my childhood because now I'm actually understanding some of the things that was taught and see why I see the why now. Yeah. Oh goodness. Like I love being able to hear um, some of the ways that you're incorporating your your experiences as a child into the life of your sweet boy. Um, yeah. And it it's amazing to be able to carry on those said traditions and um, also to be able to create some of your own, you know, okay. within your family mm-hmm. unit. Um, now you mentioned something earlier. You said that uh, when you were pregnant, you experienced some challenges along the way, some medical mm-hmm. complications. Yeah. Um, and you made mention that pregnancy was not what you perceived. And mm-hmm. so I'm just curious, you know, with the complications that you experienced throughout your pregnancy, what do you think helped you to navigate those unexpected experiences? And so, like, obviously, we know that uh, we can potentially have. 
um, cramping. We could potentially have, you know, muscle aches. We mm-hmm. could have morning sickness. But what about those unexpected things? So you mentioned that you were diagnosed with HG. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you also mentioned that there was a potential sugar or glucose issue. So talk mm-hmm. to me about how you navigated those unexpected things. Uh, I have to give my doctor, Dr. Gleaton. If you're ever in Charleston, look her up. Her name is Kanasha Gleaton. She just opened her own practice here and she does so many things. I, I owe it all to her because, hey, any question I had, anything I needed, because I was my mom and my no one in my family had the sickness the way I did. So I had no one really to lean on. Um, so reaching out to her was really big. And she was, you know, very informative telling me what to do. Um, we've tried, you know, it was like, we're going to try this medicine and see if it helps. Cause you know, like I see the women walking around their bellies and they're just strutting. I'm like, okay, okay. I can do that. I can, no, mm-mm. some days I didn't want to get out of bed. <laughs> Some days, you know, it got to the point where um, I had to do suppositories to help with my nausea and vomiting um, because I couldn't really keep anything down. And that seemed to work. But just, you know, her walking with me step by step. Hey, we're going to try this. And hey, OK, we're going to try this. Like It's to the point where now it's like, oh, um, her husband is also a doctor who's who my husband goes to now because of that relationship we established. <laughs> throughout our pregnancy. Um, but navigating through those challenges was definitely hard. Uh, leaned on my husband as much as possible without hating him. I'm like, you don't have to go through any of this. But, you know, those are hormones. And I'm just thankful that he didn't give up on me because I was, you know, not the most <laughs> easiest person to, to deal with. So him, you know, just praying over me, praying with me, providing care, whether it was like, hey, babe, I need help with this. Can you help? I mean, just when you took your vows, I didn't know it would be so soon through sickness or through health. (laughs) It came early. So we laughed about it. And, you know, now we look back and we're like, that, that, that was challenging when we did it. And I think like it made our relationship or our partnership stronger. So between my doctor and my husband, I, I owe it to both of them. Yeah, you provide a different perspective in that you mentioned earlier your sister as being um, a supportive person in your life with her having mm-hmm. a little one as well. You mentioned your doctor and then also your spouse. And so I'm just curious, when it comes to your support system, how do you feel like you... Um, actually lean on them. And so I've heard you provide examples, but I'm just curious, are there ever opportunities where you maybe should lean on your support system, but for whatever reason you do not and how that affects you with regard to some of your responsibilities or how you view yourself in motherhood? Like how Mm -hmm. does that end up affecting you when you don't lean or tap into um, these what sound like amazing support systems that you already have. It's hard um, working 40 hours a week, um, sometimes more, and then not asking for help. Um, I had to get over that because sometimes I'm like, okay, I, if I could just do this, if I could just do this, you don't have enough time in the day. Well, I don't. I, I realize I don't have enough time in the day. So when I don't ask for the help, some something else is lacking, whether it's my job, whether it's like me providing, you know, hey, that attention that my husband needs, or if it's like, you know, friends that call and they need me in the moment, you know, whatever the case may be, if I don't, you know, communicate with my husband or either like my mom, like my mom had my son last weekend just for a few hours of the day, that made the world a difference. I was able to get my hair done, make me, you know, my husband was happy to see that I had my hair done because sometimes I neglect myself because I don't ask for the help. Um, and then also, um, it, 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 you don't be your best self. So I feel like with my son, I'm, I can snap really easy with him if I don't, you know, get the appropriate amount of rest or, if, you know, we're t- together too long, you know, he's 15 months old. So he's running and climbing and putting stuff in his mouth. And so if I'm like, Hey babe, can you just watch it for 30 minutes? I had to learn how to do that because I would just, no, he's mine. I got it. I'll be fine. But no, like 
I was I was snapping at uh, my son when I didn't actually mean it. I just really needed to step away from the situation. So, you know, that has been. I've seen how I can neglect certain things or actually be worse at things if I don't ask for help. You know, I can appreciate the fact that you mentioned that um, there are areas in your life that lack when you don't take care of yourself, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Like, and we do have this idea in motherhood that we are this um, incredibly, which we are strong and powerful and we can do all things to take care of our children and ourselves. We're moving mountains and we we definitely are. We do that day in and day out, but there are other times where like you also deserve to rest and you deserve Mm -hmm. to rest without being able to look back over the day and say, okay, well, this is the reason why I deserve to rest. Right. Like Mm -hmm. we have to all get to that point to where we decide that, you know, we're also about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like we're also human and Mm -hmm. there's so much that we um, just naturally give up um, because we think that we have to. Um, So I can appreciate the fact that you said, you know, that it's hard, but you definitely can pick up on. And I hear you say it all the time because you may mention earlier uh, about the fact that you had tried to breastfeed and it was going well, then it was not going well, and then it was. And then you decided like, whew, this is becoming a lot. I need to do what's best for me. And you switched to formula. And so one of the things that I just completely and utterly am grateful for that you said that is because so many times we have this expectation that like you should be able to do these things because this is what you're putting here for. You know what I mean? Like regardless if it's like society's um definition of what a mother is and all that comes with being a mother like we assume these things without necessarily paying attention to like what it is that our needs individually are saying to us and I feel like like you just listening to your story have like a great sense of awareness in um you know, what it is that your body, and when I say your body, I mean physically and mentally, what your body is telling you. And I think that it's so important for us to remember that our bodies give us cues. Like you saying that you found yourself like snapping at your little one and things Mm -hmm. like that. Of course you don't mean to do those things, but when other areas are neglected, it makes sense that you would be snapping or you would be um, not showing up because you're irritable or things of that nature because you need rest or because Mm -hmm. you need to just like take a shower without having to also yell from the bath. This is a moment of transparency here without (laughs) having to yell from the bathroom to your husband. What's that? What just fell? Is it the kids? You know what I mean? Like you need that, that that time to yourself without Mm -hmm. having to, to just always have on the cape. Yep. Exactly. Take the cape off and expectations uh, they have to have to go out the window. <laughs> and, and and one thing I have learned from, uh, you know, just hearing, because I love hearing other women's stories. Like you say, you can learn so much just by listening to someone else's story. And one of my friends told me um, in reference to the expectations, l- let them go. I mean, yes, you have an idea of how you want things to go, but if they don't, it's going to be okay. Like it's not the end of the world you know, um, I'm trying to get my husband, like, he's still worried about my son falling. And I'm like, okay, it's going to happen. We're going to be here. So just, you know, like he, every step, every, like he's, he's worse at it than I am. I'm starting to relax with it. And he's just <laughs> like, uh-uh, no, 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 get down. Uh-uh. Well, babe, he's going to have to learn. Like he's going to have to navigate. Now, of course, not nothing that too dangerous, but I mean, like, come on, he's walking and he's moving and climbing and stuff. So one little, you know, bump along the way is not going to make a, make a break. Right. Um, I'm listening to you. And all I keep thinking about is the fact that, you know, we each get to that point 
throughout our motherhood journey for whatever reason. Because and when I use the word journey, I literally mean because one day it's okay and you're you realize that expectations are flexible and then the next day you're like, wait a minute, why didn't this go as planned? And you're having a meltdown about it, which is perfectly fine as well. Um, but yeah, just listening to, you know, you share that you and your spouse are having to figure out how to manage parenting expectations along the way. It brings up um, just the perspective of how you each come with a set of beliefs and ideas and values and um, just differences that add to the relationship, but also raise questions um, Mm -hmm. about how to make this work for what's best your family. And so I'm just curious, um, throughout you and your spouse's journey in parenthood, what do you think has helped you to, um, I guess, navigate the differences, whether it's because of upbringing or just internalized beliefs um, that have been acquired in adulthood? What do you think has helped you to kind of sort of meet in the middle with the different values, belief systems, and um, ideas that you have with regard to parenthood? Um, I would have to say communication. Communication has been really big uh, at expressing how you feel. Um, I know with my bonus daughter, my husband, you know, in the beginning, he didn't really care for that. She had a bedtime. And I was like, wait a minute, she needs a bedtime. He was like, well, no, like she doesn't. I'm up. She needs, she can be up. No. So he communicated to me on how, okay, hey, you know, the few uh, days that we have her, you know, I'm not with her every day. So is it okay if she stays up? That makes me feel, I'm like, okay, well, can we meet somewhere in the middle? So I feel like like conversations like that, you know, with my bonus daughter now that with my son, hey, you know, I want to be the one to take him to get this. I want to be the one. So I was like, okay. So just expressing and communicating on how you feel and why you feel, like you said, maybe it's because of his upbringings or maybe because, you know, this is how he views it or how what's he what he wants to do um, and vice versa. Same thing with me. So just it's no particular moment, um, but it's every moment because I feel like we're we're human and we have certain ways that we want to do stuff. We have certain things we want to do for our kids and with our kids, whether it's together or separate and so forth. I know right now the big thing is a haircut with my son. He wants it to grow out. And I'm like, no, um, Max needs a haircut. So, I mean, we're, you know, just <laughs> communicating. Um and, you know, just expressing our our feelings and how and then coming to a common compromise and, you know, go from there. Yeah. Yeah. There are so many changes that happen with communication um, when you have a child and bring uh, life into the world with someone else. Um, and you kind of learn how to navigate that. That's like a whole separate look podcast episode um, on how to navigate communication with your partner with regard to parenting. Um, but yeah, it, you know, being able to leave that space in the relationship sounds like um, that's something that's important to you all and you all have. Mm-hmm. Um, created opportunities for the other person to be heard and to be valued as you figure it out together. Um, So I appreciate you sharing that for sure. Now, since having baby Max, um, how do you think that you, so Miss Jaleesa, how do you think that you have changed? So apart from motherhood, what do you think has changed about you? Wow, that's a good question. Um, I'm more giving. <laughs> um, but hey, because I have a uh, someone to care for, I've realized that before I was selfish. <laughs> Not selfish in the sense of I don't want to share, but it's all been about me, 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 me. So now it's like, okay, here's this little person that's depending on you. He comes first. And on top of that, you're married. So he goes, so I've been more giving. Um, I've changed in a sense of I want 
to grow as a woman more. I, I'm I'm always wanting to learn, whether it's about you know marriage or about uh, parenting or like ways that I can better myself to serve others. And then also, um, my son has been like a motivation. Like, where do I see myself in the career? Like, how can I grow and be uh, impactful and uh, fulfill because I have someone dependent on me? So it's changed my perspective in a lot of areas, whether it's career you know, marriage, parenting, but I've grown in all those areas. And I've also realized having your support system, but also having other women to walk with you has been something that I've not been big on before. Um, because I'm like, Oh no, I'm just, you know, moseying on, I'm fine. But now like, you know, having you or having like other moms or other wives to, you know, that, maybe has endured what I've been through. I'm, you know, wanting to ask questions now, and I'm, you know, cause I'm not alone. So, uh, that has changed about me a lot too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think you bring up such a great point. Um, you know, having other women to walk with you along the way. And, you know, it's definitely, I think, I don't know who I was talking to recently, but, you know, I was just reflecting, my college experiences and just up until where I'm at right now. And Mm -hmm. I don't think I really truly knew the value um, of some of the things that I no longer have readily available to me now that I'm hustling and bustling in motherhood, (laughs) right? Like, you know, the things that I miss out on, like I miss out on being able to like pick up and go with the girls and sit around and chat. So when we do have these opportunities, be it this is a podcast, but just like hitting each other up and being able to Mm -hmm. chat or exchange like helpful resources, whether it's toddler feeding or (laughs) nap time routines, like just different. It is incredibly, yeah, like it is, it is a game changer. It is life changing. It just, it just brings so much gratitude into um, like my purpose that I have as a mom um, to be able to share these experiences with others because we all have so much to give. Um, and it's so funny that you mentioned that you feel like you have become such a giver because I feel like we all have in so many ways um, as we become a mom and um, it definitely speaks to our character. Um, I also think it speaks to like the type of mirror that we are, um, creating for our children, you know, for them to be able to see us in this light, to see that, you know, your community, the people around you are very much so, um, impactful and significant to even your life. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I appreciate you sharing that. And, you know, you also mentioned, um, you know, maybe that there's someone who's been through the same thing or something similar. I too have a bonus daughter. And so mm-hmm. just being able to connect with you and other moms um, about this, because that is something that isn't always talked about, right? Like our experiences of being mm-hmm. a bonus mom and um, just how to navigate um, those types of relationships and the different yeah. dynamics that come with it, that also is an extension of motherhood that also is not easy. And so, <laughs> and so, um, yes, yes, Jaleesa, being able to walk through these, these different aspects of motherhood with other women is incredibly important. And so that begs the question, um, and this is my last question for this episode with you. Um, and that is, um, what do you think maybe one or two, you really can tell me as much as you'd like, because we're not <laughs> on a time crunch here, but what do you think maybe a few different things that you wish people had talked more about before you became a mom um, or that you um, don't necessarily see depicted be it in the media or within your community. So the different spaces that you exist in. So that could be the Black community, um, if you identify that, or within your womanhood, or um, just the different spaces that you exist in. Okay. Um, I'll have to go back to pregnancy because 
like I said, they was like, oh, morning sickness, the first trimester, that's it. Like once you hit, you know, 13, 14 weeks, you should be, you know, good to go. I was anticipating that 13, 14 week mark, still sick. I was like, wait, this is not what they said. This, you know, like, this is not what women talk about. This is, why am I still sick? So, you know, um, pregnancy and then being sick up into, like up into, like you deliver, like that is, that is a thing that that needs to be talked about more. And um, when I see a pregnant woman now, no matter where I am, I I look at her and I smile (laughs) because you don't know how much that can like change someone's mood or day. And if I see like she's pregnant with another one, then I'm like, not trying to be creepy, but like, is there any way, anything I can do to help? Because it's hard um, being pregnant, but you just see women like, you know, go get her taken up. I'm like, Oh, you bad. You go girl. But that's not, that's not everyone's story. Like sometimes women, you know, are trying to, you know, make it throughout the day like I remember days where it was just I I, I didn't even want to shower like there may be two transparent but I didn't want to shower or brush my teeth because it would like make me throw up it's like it's yeah it's really rough but I did not know how rough it was so I wish that was really talked about like man and then also with um, maternity leave it's like oh I get four months like this is perfect that was not enough time it was so many days after the four month mark when I was just like, what am I doing? Like, why am I doing this? Why am I at work? I don't want to like, I, not that I couldn't do the job. It's just that I wasn't mentally in the right space to do the job. And I feel like that's stipulations are put on women. Like, Oh, you 12 weeks and back to work or Oh, eight weeks back to work. Like, no, like, no, that is just absurd. And I don't think women should, have to be forced, not forced, but what's the word to use? Um, there should be options. Give me options. Hey, I know there are some women, um, like my talk to my doctor, she was like, you know, 12 weeks I was back at work. Like that's just her personality. That's just, that's just how she rolls. And Hey, that's totally okay too. That's totally okay. But for the women that, you know, need the extra time or need that space to where they're like, okay, what am I doing? I just birthed a human, like, you know, just processing it all taking it all in and you know that's pregnancy and then the maternity leave with work uh was another big one for me and then uh in in the beginning of you know a newborn I I don't know if my adrenaline was just go 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 but I did not sleep (laughs) I did not sleep I had to learn the hard way one day I just crashed and like, I did not even hear like my baby crying because like my hump, my husband came home. Um, and that's when I had, like I said before, I had to learn to ask for help. Um, but I was just like, I got this, I can do this. I can do it. Like, it's okay. Like it, you're, you're, you're human. You're one person. You can't do it all. So those, that, that journey pregnancy, maternity leave, and then also the beginning stages of motherhood until we were able to get him on the schedule routine. Those were all challenging for me uh, based off my expectations of what I've been hearing or heard before, um, which I don't feel like was portrayed in the right light uh, mm-hmm. because it, it's, it's, it's not, <laughs> that was nowhere near what happened for me, nowhere near. So um, I, I'm I'm thankful for my journey and my support system, but personally, those are like the top three areas that I, I I struggled with because of what I thought in my mind was right or what I was you know was told how this should be or how this should go. But yeah, I just feel like women are like superheroes, and we need to you know be treated, especially pregnancy, because man. You, you, I had to keep telling myself all the time, like, girl, you, you did that. Like, you know, like, because it was, it was, it was rough. It was rough. Yeah. You know, I, I, gosh, I love talking to y'all so much because it just opens up so many different conversations. Like you mentioned, um, 
just the aspect of moms, uh, you seeing moms and you saying, oh, you know, like, oh, you're killing it. Good job. Like, oh, mm-hmm. you're so strong. But then you, you're completely true when you say like, man, but that is such a mask to put on, you know, like we're assigning this, this superhero complex and it doesn't leave room for myself, for you, for other mamas to be able to take it off when we need to, yeah. because we're like, yeah. whoa, wait a minute. Like everybody sees me this way. I need to continue to reinforce mm-hmm. this, yep. this, this, this <laughs> unattainable, completely irrational um, belief that I can do all of these things and I just have to silently deal with these mm-hmm. these triggers and these uh, uh, conflicting emotions and irrational thoughts, all of these things that you have to deal with in, in, internally, um, yeah. but silently. Like when you put on that huge, huge amount of pressure that says, Oh, you're so strong. You got yep. it. Like, you got <laughs> it. Like, like, no, like, and you, you know what's so interesting? And I actually posted about it um, sometime last year. Um, but I said how important it is for us to just be able to, when we say, how are you doing? For us to just like, stop talking after that. You know, so often we say like, hey, how's it going? And then we keep on about our way. But like, really, like, how are you? Like, Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, like, what is going on with you? And like, really be present enough to like hear what the person is saying. Another interesting thing that I heard you mention was just like the perception versus reality. Um, yeah. we, you're right. You know, we have this whole idea whether it's because of you know how we were raised, what we see on TV, what we read in books. It's like, okay, you meet someone, you get married, married, you get pregnant, you have this like fairy tale type of, you know, experience. Your pregnancy is safe, it's healthy, you don't have any complications. You have exactly the delivery that you want to have. Your birth plan goes exactly to a T. You birth this <laughs> child. You you two in three with your significant other. You fall into a routine that works for everyone's schedule and <laughs> everything just goes off. That 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 is how it looks. Yeah. How yeah. I think that so often we think but reality says, you know, no, like you may struggle to get pregnant. You yeah. may end up having a, a a breakup, you know what I mean? Yep. Your significant mm-hmm. other may not be there the way that you need for them to be there. You may lose yourself along the way and mm-hmm. have to reclaim and regain a, a sense of who you are. You may be triggered by your traumas, you know what I mean? You may experience financial insecurity or instability. Like there are so many things, you may have breastfeeding issues. Yeah. Like, there are so <laughs> many different issues that can come. You may get diagnosed with a, peri- a perinatal or a postnatal um, anxiety or depression disorder. And so mm-hmm. the crazy thing is that we really have to learn to um, leave room for grace, leave room for self-compassion when we do have experiences that don't look or don't seem to be the way that other people may have had experiences or the way that we have been told that things are supposed to go. Um, And we have to remember that there's nothing wrong with things that do not go the way um, that history says that it should go or the Mm -hmm. way that it traditionally has unfolded for other women in your family or your friends or um, whomever. Um, that your experiences are significant and they're worthy just as they are. And it, yeah. it doesn't have to be any other thing. It doesn't have to look any other way, but the way that it looks for you um, and the way it has unfolded for you. And we just have to remind ourselves of that. And it, I know it can be hard at times, but, um, and I'm a testament to that too, Um And it's just incredibly important for us to have these spaces where we can share these challenges that we face so that, again, other women and um, couples can know that they are not alone, that these 
um, challenges are temporary, that there will be a point in time where they are able to see the other side of whatever um, bumps in the road that they're going through throughout their parenthood or motherhood journey. And eventually, you know, you, you get to a place to where you're understanding that this is this is grace. This is this is your opportunity to be able to extend to yourself mm-hmm. um, just a level of understanding that does not come with judgment. And I think that's the piece that we all have to continue to to work on, not to judge ourselves based off of what is happening or what isn't happening and kind of just embrace whatever comes with motherhood. It's easy said than done, but you're right. Oh, for sure. <laughs> And for sure. <laughs> comparison to like comparing like yourself to other women I had to oh deal with that um because you, you you lose out so much of what's going on just because she she may succeed in this doesn't mean that you're failing in it uh your mm. failure uh so that 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 you know what you see on Instagram and this and that and people posting this oh my life is like this yeah don't like you said Show yourself some grace and embrace it because it's not just those are called highlight reels. Not everything that people post, they're not showing the whole 24 mm-hmm. hours. You may be showing, they may be showing their highlights and you're comparing it to like your worst day ever, you know? Like, exactly. I, I, I had to piggyback off of what you said and learn that too as, as a first time mom and. Yeah, having my expectations not meet my reality. <laughs> yeah, and it and it, it it's you mentioned a moment ago, like it's it's easier said than done. And I'm right there with you. Like I'm saying these things, and I do believe them, but I also know that it's a day to day thing. Like yes. it yes. was a good day for us as a family, yes. for me individually in my motherhood journey. Mm-hmm. Um, but tomorrow. You know, I may have to adjust my expectations to fit whatever is going on in that moment. And that's that's also okay. Like there there doesn't have to be any judgment. And you also, um, Felicia, you're incredible. You're bringing up so many different, (laughs) so many different um, perspectives to just consider, you know, social Mm -hmm. media um, has become just a beast of its own. Um, (laughs) Yeah. A beast. Like it's created so many false perceptions and narratives that you have to, to sort of live up to. And, you know, I, I, I'm actually coming out with a um, guided journal for moms on February 15th and it'll be available on my website, but Yeah, but um, in it, I have um, just some work on social media specifically. And, you know, I I encourage mamas and I do it myself. Like if you find yourself um, feeling like you are inadequate, if you find yourself invalidated after you have consumed whatever media, social media, news, whatever, disengage like and you're not weird you're not unusual it doesn't mean that you're weak because you can't look at this information it's because you're making a decision that this isn't healthy for you and that within itself says that you're strong you know what I mean like like, if, if there are things that you're engaging with on social media be it a mom who like has her snapback body and yeah. a whole other episode <laughs> has her snapback body or you're looking at where another family is with mm-hmm. how they're living in the middle of COVID. Yeah. And you're like here we are with a job loss and barely able to put food on the table yeah. and all of these things. And you're comparing yourself. If you feel horrible or you're having negative thoughts about yourself, self-talk, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm disengage and I think it's so important that you brought that up and it's just a constant reminder to all of us um, for us to just be mindful that the things that we are coming into contact with on social media are definitely whether intentionally or unintentionally having an effect on you know how we view ourselves so I appreciate you bringing that up no yes that's just just 
how I mean <laughs> what I go through and like you said I also have to disengage disconnect if I start like starting to feel unworthy or less less than then okay I know it's time for me to unplug no more mm-hmm. social media you know focus on I have a healthy baby I have a a healthy I'm healthy um right. you know especially the season that we're in right now and in the middle of a pandemic and you know the people are like you said without jobs I have a job like you know find those moments where you can be grateful because that's mm-hmm. that's what that's what that is what is important right yeah it affirms who you are and everything yeah. that you are doing and that you're mm-hmm. enough and everything that isn't currently happening in your life doesn't mean that you can't get there yeah yeah, I totally agree. agree. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. Well, I appreciate you joining me for this episode. And again, I'm completely honored to um, have had this space with you to listen to your story, to just gain insight from another mama. And I know that your story is going to inspire hope and it has purpose, even without me telling you that it has purpose, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, who am I to, to, to proclaim these things? But <laughs> I just want to let you know that your story is beautiful and it is significant and um, it touched me and I know it will touch others. Well, thank you for having me. I love this platform and what you're doing, the work that you're doing it is much needed and I will be tuning in. All right. You take care, Jaleesa. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. As always, it's important for me to note that this podcast does not replace being connected or receiving therapeutic services from a licensed mental health clinician. If you are experiencing a life-threatening emergency, please call 911 or go to your local emergency room. You can also find additional resources on episode two, one being postpartum.net, where you can get connected with support groups, as well as therapists, psychiatrists, other providers within your community that may be of service to you on your motherhood journey. Again, that resource is postpartum.net, but you can find additional ones on episode two. Thank you.